This is the Nutanix Community Podcast with Dwayne Lesner and Angelo Luciani, episode 62. Here we go. Welcome back to the podcast. This week, Dwayne and I chat with Harjot Gill, General Manager of Xi Epoch, our observability and analytics platform, essentially measuring what matters when it comes to the health and performance of multi-cloud applications. Let's join the conversation. Stumbling my way into another episode, I'm super excited to have the GM for Epoch today. We have Harjot um, joining us today. Welcome aboard. Hello, Duane. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, I, I'm so excited for this in particular product because I've actually had it stood up in in my lab. And, you know, for me personally, it was so easy to get up and going. Um, I don't know if I'm using it to all of its potential, but I guess we'll find out today uh, all the different things that I should be trying. For the audience, maybe can you give a, a brief overview of uh, of yourself um, and how you made your way to Nutanix? Yes, so yeah, I my team joined Nutanix actually six months back as part of an acquisition of a company called Netsil. And by the way, Netsil actually was like listen spelled backwards uh, because what a product um, at Netsil did was it was like listening to these like interactions in modern cloud environments and uh, got um, and rendered like map uh, Google Maps like interface to like show how uh, data centers were behaving and so on. So we were like a very early start- stage startup, uh, seed funded, and then we got picked up by Nutanix, and here we are now rebranded as Epoch. Um, and and it's been six months, and we have now recently just launched our product at Dot Next London last week uh, as part of the Zai services. And and the product itself, what um, what does it do? Like, what's its key? It's a monitoring for for one point of it. But it, what would you say is the like the the top three key abilities of Epoch? Yeah, so Epoch is a modern um, cloud observability product. So it's a multi-cloud uh, capable product designed for observability and monitoring. And what it really does is is it. Um, uh, helps the modern DevOps team, the teams that are like op- operating uh, modern cloud and Kubernetes-based environments and so on, uh, to understand how their applications are really behaving so that they can do their reliability analysis and better security analysis on these applications. So the whole idea is to help our operators improve the uptime and, and, and security of their applications. Now, when, when I went to go try it out, uh, I had a, a Kubernetes uh, actually, I had two clusters that I had stood up. I had a Nutanix Carbon cluster, and I also had a Docker uh, Enterprise cluster stood up. And for, for me, all I had to do was install these collectors, which were just a YAML file. Uh, is that typically that's needed? Um, like I, From a, an application's point of view, I, if I look at the integrations, there's the list is as long as my arm. Um, so is that a typical experience? That is correct. So the product is actually uh, composed of three components. So the one part is the collectors that you just mentioned. That is the piece of software that the customer uh, or the or the sysadmin or the DevOps person puts on their uh, virtual machines or their workloads. I mean, these workloads could be like your Kubernetes cluster or your, your vanilla VMs or even bare metal in a data center. So you have to install this agent or a collector on, on your host to collect data. 
And the second part of the solution is the cloud service. So Epoch is available both as a software as a service solution. So it's pretty easy to get started. You just go to uh, Nutanix Epoch uh, website and self-serve sign up. And pretty much that gets you started. I mean, there's no need to talk to sales to get an account or anything. It's it's a pretty much self-serve, low-friction sign-up experience. And at the same time, I mean, if you are an enterprise user and you're worried about data privacy and don't want to send the data to a SaaS service, you can also stand up Epoch, the entire Epoch's backend that, that has all the time series database and big data components uh, in your own data center or in your own cloud. You can also have that as an option. And the third component of the of the system is the UI that you are accessing um, to look at your matrix, look at your look at the maps of your environments, and so on. And that then for that you just need any browser uh, to access the UI. So what do these application maps give me? Uh, like, I see arrows going everywhere. Um, is it just service metrics, or are they actually useful for the application that it's monitoring itself? Yeah, so when we talk about maps, like it really depends on like what your use case is over there. Like for instance, a person who is uh, looking at triaging problems in the infrastructure layer would be more interested in understanding how the, the data center connectivity looks like or virtual machine to virtual machine connectivity looks like, right? So so we have a way to like configure uh, what these maps actually render. So in the maps interface, you can like actually filter and group by your compute nodes to build like these to understand how these different layers of your cloud uh, application delivery look like, like all the different abstraction layers can be visualized. Now, if you are like a Kubernetes operator, you maybe want to understand how your namespaces communicate, how your uh, pods or containers communicate. Now, if you are an application developer or you are a, like a person who is like want to understand not the not the cattle which are like the VMs or the containers, but maybe you are under want to understand how the population of VMs look like or your services look like, uh, which are now the new pets in the new world. So you can also do that in Epoch. You can actually group by your compute instances by the service ID and understand how your checkout service is doing versus the, the login service and so on. And and it, the map is not just like a simple simple map. It's actually like a traffic map. I mean, it has a lot of useful information overlaid on top and color-coded information where you can un, uh, identify your bottlenecks quickly. So you can quickly understand which services are showing like high latency or they have high error rates or maybe the throughput is uh, looking odd. So you can like quickly identify bottlenecks and, and problems in your cloud environment. Yeah, when I when I went to test the product, I was using uh, YugaDB, which was invented by a couple ex-Nutanix people. But, you know, it's, a, I guess, a cloud, cloud native database, but a multi-protocol. So I thought it was pretty cool that you could, you know, you had not only the interactions of the different pods, you know, getting shown on the screen, but also if I was running NoSQL, it could pick it up. If I was running Redis commands, it could pick that up. So it seemed pretty slick to me that, you know, it was kind of all in one. And I didn't have to touch the actual application other than installing these collectors on the hosts. Yep. Yeah, it's pretty cool. The NetSales collectors are like uh, pretty sophisticated. So they do a bunch of things when you install install them on your system. So first of all, they're like collecting your network traffic. So we use like a ne very like network as a source of truth to understand like what really happened or is happening in your production environment. And there's no better way to understand is to look at than to look at like the production traffic itself. So we sniff network traffic and we are able to get a lot of like net flow quality data, like which is like which IPs are talking to your VMs on which ports and so on and on, on which protocols. I mean, that's like really simple like net flow kind of visualization. That's kind of the foundation, right? 
but we go further than that we actually then employ like deep packet inspection techniques to further understand um, your api calls or your database interactions down to the query level for instance if you're like talking to yugabyte or you're talking to mysql then for the supported protocols uh, we are able to understand and follow the state machine so for instance if you're opening a connection to mysql we observe that in the collector and we remember that and all the subsequent commands and queries you are making on the database for instance you might be preparing a statement we see that and we remember that too in, in in the collector then all the further commands you are running for example you could be making an insert statement or a select statement we follow the protocol and the state machine and from these interactions we are able to gather all the meaningful metrics all the all the kpis and we ship them periodically to a to our cloud service as time series data so that is one thing that one of the things we are doing which is highly differentiated from any of the solutions out there in fact i'll go into more details like on what was the rationale to do it this way and the second thing we are doing is we also are able to poll for metrics from popular application stacks as you mentioned earlier we have this long list of integrations that we support so we uh, so a user can go in and with a pretty easy yaml based configuration can make this collector connect to their mysql database their cassandra instance their nginx their tomcat and get deep application um, metrics out of those uh, application um, components right so you can but if but yeah if um, if you just have it like if if the application, I guess in this example, because it's what I'm familiar with on the Kubernetes side, if you're running those applications and it sees the traffic, will it just pick it up, or or do you mean like further advanced stats for those applications? Yeah, the idea is that it's really like a breadcrumbs approach uh, that we have taken to the product. So out of the box, you get something of the value. You get a bare minimum, a network map, and a lot of your components are then auto discovered, right? So as a DevOps person, if you're installing on a completely unknown application or a brownfield or an existing application, that's a good starting point. You get to see what's, what, what actually is this application composed of. So the discovery is the first piece where network, network uh, analysis comes in. And also in that, we automatically go even deeper. Like that's pretty much without any configuration, the deep packet inspection piece, because we see it on the wire, we understand what, what that means, and we are able to get matrix out of that. But further, the users usually don't just stop there. I mean, as part of their adoption process, they want to get more and more data into Epoch and bring it into the single pane of glass for visualization and alerting. So what they go and do is they configure these um, out, in, integrations that we have with popular um, um, open source components like Nginx, Tomcat, and so on, and get more metrics. And, and, and guess what? Like even developers are pushing custom metrics from their source uh, source code that is running in production to our system. Basically, they use this StatsD protocol, and we have custom SDKs to even collect custom metrics from from application components. So is there, yeah, sorry to interrupt. I was just you know on the front of like you know microservices, and we're getting all of these stats. Is there like a good way to to go about this in a in a manner where I'm not going to get overloaded, so I just you know start ignoring everything. I, I've heard the term golden sig uh, golden signals, but I'm not really sure what that really means per se. Yeah, that's that's a great <clears throat> point that you mentioned. Actually, in the industry, there's something called alert fatigue and matrix overload, and like a lot of people are not able to sometimes uh, f filter the signal from the noise. I mean, so so that's where we this term called golden signals come in so the whole idea with observability is yes you have to collect everything so that you can go deep and triage the problems um, but 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 for a human to understand and parse all the data at once it's it's nearly impossible so what we recommend and what we really do is um, 
give this out of the box golden signals experience where just for any production environment if you want to get alerted in production there are four things you need to look at four signals no matter which service it is right so you have to look at the latency so the latency kind of captures how your end user is perceiving the service uh, service quality right the second thing you have to look at is the error rate so you don't want your end users to see um, more than a certain percentage of errors maybe your service is supposed to be 99% 9% available or 99.99% available but whatever that sla is you got to monitor that so if your service is throwing uh, more than a certain threshold of 500 server errors you want to get alerted on that right the third thing you have to look at is throughput so you have to understand sudden changes of throughput uh, has your throughput doubled or halved or um so that is another signal you have to look at and the fourth signal is the saturation the saturation is kind of like how your is your infrastructure capable of supporting more load if it suddenly sees more load or not like it kind of like captures your capacity uh, in the infrastructure to handle load so you have to alert yourself on these golden signals because if you're alerting on any other metric then it becomes too noisy for instance when in the past like your uh, virtual machines and servers were like pets like i mean you would actually care for them you will name them nicely and you will like alert on signals such as high cpu or high memory but in the cloud what is happening is that now uh, a single virtual machine amounts to nothing like there is enough redundancy built into services that even if a few vms are like uh having high cpu problems or high memory problem that doesn't mean your service is affected right so if you start alerting yourself on very low level uh, uh system metrics i mean it 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 alerts it leads to all this fatigue and and you don't know where to even like uh, start looking at when there's a problem so the whole idea of the golden signals is that you alert yourself on the signals that matter to you and your end customers and once you have an alert going off then you go to, into the tool like epoch then you use the maps and the dashboards to, to figure out and the analytic sandbox that we have to figure out what exactly went wrong for instance you will first want to isolate um which uh, isolate in the distributed services like which service went wrong then you will further drill down into that service and understand the deeper matrix i mean understand whether it's an outlier problem like for instance are there like few vms out of a pool of vms which went bad or is it the entire service wide problem so you will have a lot of questions that epoch can answer quickly when you're triaging problems starting with golden signal down to the deeper matrix that we have i you know i guess things never bad things usually don't happen at opportune times you know it's like the end of the day before a holiday and if i have if i'm running containers you know chances are they're they're short lived so even if it catches it how can i go back and see it is there you know how do i correlate is there something in epoch that does that yeah the hence the name epoch actually so there is a time aspect to it so basically what we are increasingly seeing is that the compute uh, uh, the the, the uh, is is very ephemeral now like your containers are like only alive for a matter of minutes and a lot of companies are doing more than one deploy a day like they, there used to be a time when your vms or servers were running for days or months at a stretch now we are like looking at uptime of like few hours or few minutes at best right so what epoch is doing is like it is actually recording your environment uh, at a per second granularity so you can always go back in time and understand uh, what your environment was composed of at any given point of time you can actually render a map in past or you render your dashboards in the past so what we are continuously doing is we are collecting time series data but we are also fusing it with the discovery information 
So each time you have a container that comes up or container that goes down or a pod in Kubernetes comes up, what the collector is doing is that it is also uh, capturing uh, uh, like like all these events of containers being uh, uh, brought up or torn down. It, and it sends it as, as a discovery information back to our cloud service where that discovery information is then fused with the, and all this metadata is then fused with the, with the matrix that are being collected. Uh, so that you can slice and dice at any given point of time with the container ID and so on, as opposed to IP addresses, which are ephemeral. So there, so there, there is a way that you can kind of like go back in time, like a time machine and see events occurring? Yep, that is correct. So you can yeah, go back yeah. in time and um, or triage and understand your environment in the past, or you can look at a live view. And even if we actually are able to like capture all that like churn in the in the cloud application, so even if you had a VM that existed in the past, it's not like we forget about it. So because you're like continuously fusing the metadata, so we are uh, so your metrics uh, whenever you're looking at in the past also have the past context of what existed in that environment in the past. So the the Kubernetes was easy to deploy the collector, but how for for other things is it? Uh, virtual machine, how about bare metal? What are the, the options for collecting? Yeah, it's usually like a single line command to install. So we have packages for popular operating systems like Red Hat, Debian. So there's an RPM package, there's a Debian package, right? And we we are actually now just in process of releasing a Windows collector. So we are also getting into that platform. Um, and we already have like, as you notice, Docker containers and Kubernetes YAML files to quickly help install collectors. So it's pretty easy to get started and deployed in your environment. And then from, you know, if you want to get started with Epoch, the, I know there's a free trial. Um, what are, are there any limitations on it or what are, you know, am I going to miss out on features doing the trial or is it pretty full featured? No, the trial is fully featured. So whenever you are in a free trial, free trial, you have unlimited access to Epoch and all its features. And uh, but then after the trial period, you have a choice to go and pay on your credit card or even talk to our sales team for like a volume discount or something. Or if you are not paying, then it's not like we we pull the plug on your account. Uh, we do have a free tier actually, which is unlimited. So unlimited time. Uh, but that is restricted to like right now five collectors. So you can use five collectors for free forever with Epoch. So if you are like using Epoch in a dev test environment or you're not ready to like take it to production yet, you can still keep playing with it um, um, on, on a smaller setup. Oh, that's pretty good. I think most like especially home lab people or if right. you're running Nutanix CE, that's probably the, the just the right amount. The, yep. Um, as far as, you know, you kind of mentioned it, you know, it, it's a SaaS-based product, but is the setting up the custom, like why why would someone want to do that just from a security point of view? And, and if you have to do it, is that is that a lot of additional work as far as infrastructure needed? No, I think we are actually interesting. We are very proud of that package that we're building. So we are the only solution out there that has been able to package a sophisticated modern uh, time series solution uh, to be deployed with a one-click experience that Nutanix is famous for. Like, So we are taking all the Nutanix philosophy uh, of like ease of operations and bringing into this product as a self-hosted package. So the way we achieve that is that we, have, we are deploying our entire backend on Kubernetes. So we are like basically standing on the shoulder of the giants, as they say. So so it's not like you're setting up custom VMs and you're built like 
piecing together worker nodes of different types and so on, it's a seamless experience. So all you need is a Kubernetes compatible cluster to get started with and access to an object store and MySQL and that's it, three prerequisites. And you basically deploy the scale out application on your Kubernetes cluster, which could be your running on a GKE platform. It could be AKS, it could even be Nutanix Carbon. So, so that's kind of just a prerequisite. And after that, our application deploys on top. So net like the Epoch application is like composed of 30 plus services and all those are like then packaged as a Kubernetes um, Helm chart deployed um, um, by a customer. And it's pretty much a one click experience. It's one click upgrades, right? One click deploy, scale out. And, uh, and 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 you have a really modern time series database experience as opposed to uh, piecing and building together uh, uh, your own stack using Grafana, Prometheus, and so on. So what you get is, is a really enterprise-grade solution where you have data privacy. You own the data. You run your solution uh, in in a very in a, in a very ops-free manner. Now you just mentioned Prometheus, and when I hear time series, that's kind of where I think of. Uh, you know, first is Prometheus. Is that similar or not even close? Like, what's what's the difference between the two? If I was already using Prometheus to monitor monitor con, uh, containers, actually, a lot of our users you know, start with Prometheus because it's part of the cloud native stack, and um, so it's a great starting point for a lot of developers. You know, I mean, it's really an apples to oranges comparison because uh, Epoch is like. Uh, and not just the time series, and it has a lot more on the collection side and the scale side and so on and the features. Uh, and it's also Prometheus compatible. So what a lot of our users do is like they start out with Prometheus in a dev test environment. Um, then they quickly realize that in production that Prometheus doesn't scale. So Prometheus is a single instance and there is no like data redundancy or like you can't really build a single pane of glass all across your multi-cloud environments across your even your kubernetes clusters for that matter it's like pretty hard to set it up and you have to hook up grafana and so on but it's a good starting point because it's frictionless it's part of the cncf stack so one of the things we do is like we provide our customers a, a very frustration free path to move to Epoch from Prometheus. So we are 100% compatible with Prometheus API. So even if you're starting with Prometheus, no worries. And you go to production with Epoch uh, by just switching the backend to Epoch. Oh, well, that seems pretty easy. Oh well, yeah, yeah, the connectors are Prometheus compatible. So in, in our documentation, you will find a lot of details on how to make it work with Prometheus. And and what you get in production is then an enterprise-grade scale-out solution and that you can actually use it as a single pane of glass to look at your data centers or your public cloud deployments or multiple Kubernetes clusters and your different teams can access it. And it does a lot more than Prometheus. Like the collection is what we are proud of, like all these network-centric approaches and all the integrations we have, we have with popular applications. Um, so so on that front, like we are like think leaps and bounds uh, ahead of uh, Prometheus even today. Now, I think for the some of the community folks, uh, I noticed there is a collector for vSphere. Is that just is it picking up host stats or what is that kind of catered around? Yeah, was, so we are working on a vSphere specific collector as well. So right now, what what people are using is using our, a normal Linux collector on a vSphere. So it does treat it as any Linux host and it picks up all the host stats. In addition, we do have a vSphere integration which talks to the vCenter and picks up all the vCenter metrics. Um, so, so you have to go and configure that as a YAML file, but the agent in itself and it's installed on a VC, vSphere host treats it like just like any Linux host. So it picks up its traffic, it picks up its uh, uh, system metrics and so on. Um, and 
The other thing that came up the other day too, talking with uh, some customers at, at a booth was, you know, how can you monitor um, Xi IoT? And you know, the first question came to mind: Well, Epoch should work. There's Kubernetes on the on the Xi IoT side locally. Is that a supported monitoring config? I think it's it's a perfect match. Like if you are deploying these complex applications now on the edge. And Epoch is designed anyways to collect on the edge because if for us, like even customers, VM is like an edge. So so we already have a package that is designed to bring the data, collect, like process the data locally, first of all. So, so these collectors are, um, wherever they are installed, either data centers or an edge, they are able to understand the applications there and aggregate the metrics and ship it back to our cloud service for uh, uh, graphic visualization and alerting and so on. So yeah, I mean, so IoT uh, is is a is a great great fit for Epoch. So, I I think those are the the questions I had, at least from an Epoch point of view. Are there any other things that you want to highlight before we switch it over to Angelo? Yeah, I guess one of the things we can touch upon is how this um, solution is positioned for because for a customer it can be very confusing because like security monitoring and observability um, are, uh, are like a spaces where you have a lot of players and a lot of ways you can build a solution i mean there's no one architecture like a lot of companies like piece together multiple solutions to make it work so one of the things we can talk about is probably how epoch uh, fits in right and how it works with other solutions where it's complementary where it's competing and so on would would uh, i think i can add like maybe a few comments on that right so so when we look at observability, like there are like uh, three things usually that you have to bring in, right? So there is metrics that you need to bring in, the metrics coming in from your system, your application stacks and so on. And the second thing you need is logging. So you need to have logs uh, that you need to collect uh, from your environment so you can audit and triage. And and the third thing you need is is the traceability, like who's talking to whom and and, and looking at the needle in the haystack and so on. So where Epoch is today that it has great capabilities on matrix collection today and also a lot of capabilities on the tracing like i mean it's like all it does is like out of the box network maps and, and a lot of wonderful properties on that front it doesn't do logging today so so for a customer like it's complementary to a lot of logging solutions out there so 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 elastic search splunk so it's kind of very very complementary to those solutions uh, where splunk and elastic search do help in like uh, uh, root cause analysis or security auditing and so on. They're not a great fit for like real-time alerting and um, reliability engineering for that epoch is a better fit. So that's where we are very, very complementary. And on other end of the spectrum, we do see uh, APM companies like uh, application performance management companies like AppDynamics and New Relic in the market. And, uh, and the way we look at uh, those solutions is that those were designed uh, when, the, when the application architectures were vastly monolithic. So AppDynamics New Relic started in an era when you had Java Enterprise app. Most of the applications were like five tier, three tier, small, like fewer tiers in the architecture, not, not very cloud friendly applications. So what those solutions do is that they expect uh, the users to embed a code embedded agent in, 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 in the source code itself. So they're like embedding an agent in their Java processes and so on to get deep visibility. So those tools are a great fit for debugging and performance analysis and hence the word performance management, right? I mean, so they, they squarely focus on like slowness in the code and, and bottlenecks and so on, but they're not a great fit for alerting. So one of the analogies I gave is like, it's almost like troops uh, on the ground versus uh, your drones, right? 
So the APM tools of today are like troops on the ground. They go very, very deep, but you really can't have them everywhere because there's so much friction to install them. So a lot of our customers, they still buy APM tools, but they deploy it on a smaller footprint. First of all, they will deploy on um, maybe 10 servers out of 100. So they do sampling, right? Because it's just so expensive to deploy everywhere. And the second thing is that the rollout of APM takes months or years in an enterprise environment because you have to go and work with developers to embed them everywhere. So it's a lot of effort. Now where Epoch comes in as a positioning, like it's more like a drone or a satellite observability approach. It, 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 is, it is very broad because network is a great vantage point. When we are like looking at network, we tend to see everything that's happening. And so that makes it a great fit in the market for um, alerting on golden signals. So if you're looking to get your basic alerting out of the way, and uh, and, and then Epoch is, is kind of the best in breed in, in, in that space. Because wow. we see, you're only ones providing this golden signals capability out of the box without any friction. Seems like a complete solution. I think, you know, recapping my experience, it was it was just super easy to get up and going. And I could, you know, either go into the dashboards or the stats right away. So that's that's pretty good. Um, thanks for, for all the great information. Angelo, would you like to... Uh, if uh, he doesn't get flown flown away in the <laughs> wherever the airplanes are coming in, <laughs> you want to <laughs> ask him your questions? Yeah. Yeah. So I have three rapid fire questions. These are more fun questions. Help the audience to get to know you a little better. Um, and it seems like a lot of our guests have, have some trouble with them, funny enough. Uh, I think they're just sort of debating on which one to choose. But uh, here we go. So iOS or Android? iOS. Oh, that was easy. That was quick. Ebooks or physical books? Ebooks. Wow. And lastly, favorite app? Um, on an iOS platform? I play a lot of video games, actually. So my favorite app would be like Counter-Strike or something. There you go. <laughs> that's good enough. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's great. That's the first thing that comes to my mind. Yeah. But I, on iOS, it's really Slack. Like, I mean, that's really like the lifeline. <laughs> right, right. That's sort of your go-to app, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is true. Great. Thanks so much. Dwayne? Yeah, I guess on closing, if you're looking for something that will give you instant observability, um, I guess using what we're calling golden signals, I guess that's probably just the way to whatever metrics that you deem important for your business and get it in a fashion where you can actually take action on it right away then uh, check out the free trial of Epoch. Um, so thanks thanks for joining. That was really good. Do you uh, have anything else you want to add before leaving? I guess, I mean, it's been a pleasure talking to both of you and being on, on the show. Um, and, and thanks for inviting me. It's, it's been a great conversation. Yeah, and, and do you have a Twitter handle that we could share? Yeah, so my or Twitter LinkedIn? handle... Yeah, so I do have a Twitter handle, which is like Harjot S. Gill. Uh, so maybe you can like go and follow me. And uh, I, 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 I'm not a big Twitter fan, <laughs> uh, but I'm starting to get like getting used to it. Yeah, and that's all right. Well, uh, when the show comes out, we'll uh, make sure that uh, we plug your name. And, and hopefully if people have additional questions, they can follow up with you. Sounds good. Great. All right. Well, thank you very much. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us today. Be sure to check out the Nutanix online community at next.nutanix.com for resources, blogs, and continuing the conversation in our forums. If you're interested in learning more about what Nutanix is doing with Epoch, check out nutanix.com forward slash Epoch. 
and start a free trial today. So with that, from the team here at Nutanix, have a great week.